0: This This is The Producers with Ryan Drain, a podcast designed for radio imaging, commercial production, all things audio. Feedback is encouraged at ryanontheradio.com. Welcome to it. Here it is, the very first edition of The Producers, a podcast geared towards audio folk, obviously, producers. Uh, I think voiceover talent's going to find this pretty informative as well, because in this day and age, it seems to me anyone who either starts or has continued to do uh, audio production, really, of any sort, has found their way into the voiceover world, you know, maybe successfully, maybe just sort of. Uh, Anyway, the the goal of this podcast is I'm really just going to get right into it because I have Dave Fox, the interview, waiting. Uh, I'm kind of just wanting to pay it forward, really. Um, I started off, uh, I've been doing this for about 10 years. Uh, Radio imaging is, I guess, my specialty. I do a ton of other different little things uh, production-wise. But I know that I had a lot of help from above when I came into it. And I imagine there are a lot of people out there that would like the same help. There's also a lot of people that just do this and just wanna learn more about it, that's great. There's also voiceover talent that would like to become proficient at production so that they could help themselves out instead of having to pay for demos or pay for any sort of production whatsoever. Um, So hopefully everybody finds it a little beneficial, but I'd love to get feedback. That's really what I wanna say right now is, as we get through this interview and you kinda hear what we talk about, I'd love to find out what would be better for, for you to hear what would be you know what was good if anything hopefully something will be good here and uh you know what you want to hear in the future as i hope to do these about yeah two or three weeks every two or three weeks or so all right we're going to jump into the dave fox interview again i did this just moments ago um there was a bit of a problem with his they, they moved into new studios in new york i want to bring him up on the isdn which of course me causing him problems but you know why not Um, There was a loopback problem with the first question. He talked about what he's been doing right now. He's traveling a ton uh, to to speak. He speaks a lot He's uh, at at that point. Um, His side work, I know he he also mentioned, has become mostly voiceover. And now I will ask Dave, uh,
1: how many stations are you imaging right now? Well, uh, officially I'm only doing one. Officially, uh, officially, but I am also producing the imaging for one of our stations in Chicago, mm-hmm. the uh, the Kiss Outlet there. I'm overseeing production of uh, all our stations here in the New York cluster. Although I have to admit that most of that's hands off. I've got uh, I've got two really capable producers working with me here in uh, Quasi Hewlett, whose uh, primary task is Power 105 and Rick Ganji, whose primary task is Q104.3. The two of them are also covering KTU, and, well, Light FM doesn't really have any production, but when say. there is, <laughs> one of us picks it up, and I'm still covering Z100.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about your background now, since you mentioned Z100. You, you've you told me the story before, I like it, um, but you basically, where'd you start, and at what point did you get to Z? How'd that happen? And you've been there quite a while, too.
1: Yeah, I've been here 21 years, yeah. and uh, still counting.
0: Yeah, uh, still, <clears throat> which is
1: that's frightening to me when you stop and think about it. The average life expectancy of most disc jockeys, at a radio station, is about 18 months. mm Hmm. Um. But for some reason, I just keeps you know it's like the Energizer Bunny here. Uh, I've been through a lot of administrations, a lot of PDS, a lot of owners. Um. In fact, every owner that has owned this radio station has paid me a paycheck. So it's it's kind of frightening. There's um, How many owners have you been through there? Well, and- we had Mallright, and then we had Shamrock, and then we had, um, oh shoot, what was the name of that? Um, uh, I can't think of the name of it. Something Broadcasting.
0: We're um, we talking uh, CC would be in
1: initials? No, okay. that was, that was later. Okay. Um, this was, um, this was actually just prior to clear channel getting involved, but it was, um, so I, I guess what, five owners, <laughs> uh, I've had two general manager, three general managers, no, four general managers. I keep forgetting that one guy. Uh, and I've had two program directors Actually, Kingston wasn't program director. He was the operations manager. Uh, Scott Shannon was the uh, program director. When he left, Steve really took on the title of PD, although he was doing the PD job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Tom Pullman came in to replace Steve Kingston, and he's been here ever since. So, just just two PDs, really. Right. Um, two pretty heavy hitters, I would have to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good-sized names in the business.
0: I just wanted to point out real quick that I, I didn't do much of an intro for for you, Dave, because, A, I'm pretty confident most people that are paying attention to this podcast are going to already know who you are, but also it's fun to just hear these stories. But you, you've worked with some of the biggest names in radio, not just that you are, in, at least in my opinion, my humble opinion, one of the bigger names in radio. <laughs> but- yeah,
1: I have. I've worked with some really big, heavy hitters with Scott Shannon, Steve Kingston, uh, and before that, uh, uh, a person that I still admire, even though he has passed on as Al Casey, um, some really great programmers, uh, some great names in, uh, management as well with, uh, John Fulham and, uh, Rob Williams, some just really awesome people in the business. Uh, talent wise, I've worked with some great people too. I worked with Joe Kelly and Ernie Anderson. Um, gosh, it's a, it's a long list. And, and go ahead. So I was just going to say to go back, I, I wanted to make sure
0: that you uh, you, you told the story of, of how you when you got to New York, you weren't actually brought there do what you're doing, right?
1: That's correct. When I, when I came up here, I had been at WPGC in Washington for years, and uh, Dan Mason was there while I was there. Scott Shannon came through and did a tour. That's how I got to know him. Um, but I was, I was an on-air jock. I did middays, mostly did mornings for two years, uh, number one morning show in the market for, you know, but I can't take much credit for that because my partner was the uh, football hero, Joe Theismann. <laughs> uh, I was hired, uh, indirectly. Uh, what happened was, is the radio station was pretty much proverbing the, uh, or circling the proverbial drain and... I decided to bail out and build up my chops. So I went to work for a station that no longer exists, B-104 in Baltimore. And I was there for six months. And at that point, uh, the program director, who was Steve Kingston, decided to leave to go to New York to become operations manager. Uh, On the day that uh, it was hinted about in Street Talk, I went into his office and I said, what the hell is going on here? You just hired me here and he just looked at me and smiled and he says, just practice saying New York. (laughs) And, uh, he brought me up to do middays. But when I got here, it turns out that he and Scott had miscommunicated on uh, a contract (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the gal who had the midday position had renewed. So I'm sitting here in New York with no job, basically, um, Kingston said, well, all right, look, uh, let me put you back here in the production studio and we'll get this ironed out and I'll let you know. Well, it took a year, of course, because she had renewed her contract for a year. And when the year came up, he came back and he opened the door and said, come on, we're ready. And I said, "Um, hold on. (laughs) I think I've said everything I need to say on live radio. Um, You know, I've been doing production my whole life. So, but, so at that uh, point,
0: you'd be doing production for quite a while. So it's not like you just suddenly had to learn this thing in this year.
1: Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. I've been doing production right. at PGC from the beginning. In fact, I was doing production at my very first commercial station, K-O-V-O-A-M, in Provo, Utah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so, I, you know, I've been doing production. And even before that, in college, at college radio, i had been doing production. So production has been in me, you know, the whole time. But, um, once I had a taste of doing it full-time and having regular working hours, uh, I decided that I liked that a lot more than being an on-air personality. I love that story, though. You, you you
0: get to New York City. You're a jock. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate. And you were like, nah, I've, I've said enough. I mean, how many yeah. people say that?
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, how many things, How many times can you introduce uh, Iggy Pop, you know, <laughs> yeah, or right. wh- whoever is the big name at the moment?
0: right. So. For me, it was Britney Spears, and I think at that point I had had enough. There you go. But, but um, okay, I, obviously, um, I don't want to take up a whole lot of anybody's time here. I know your time is valuable, but I got a number of things that I wanted to get into, uh, sure. more, more technically speaking. Because, right. again, the goal is for younger producers to kind of not just get to hear how cool you are, which you are cool, but to hear what you do and, and what makes you as good as you are. So talk about... Um, basically pinpoint a few things that some young producers can do either in self-training or, you know, maybe, maybe there are just a couple classes that you know of that are amazing or, or things that young producers can do to get themselves to the next level, whatever level they may be at.
1: Well, if you're going to produce, if you're going to pursue production as a career, I absolutely insist that the best thing you can do is learn how to play the piano. Mm. Um, You've told me you don't, that. You don't have to. You don't have to become a maestro. You don't have to become a, a Van Cliburn or, or whoever. Uh, but you do need to understand the structure of music, how it's put together. Once you do that, editing music becomes a breeze, and making your promos and commercials flow so that you can get the commercial, you can get the message out cleanly, uh, it, uh, is a thousand percent easier. It's just, it will make your life an absolute joy. You'll love sitting down at the console to work. Uh, second thing, um, I would say take some writing classes. And when you do take writing classes, make sure that the instructor understands what you're writing for, because there are different styles of writing. You don't want to learn how to write a newspaper article mm-hmm. if you're going to work in radio, because they are totally upside down from what we would use. Um newspaper is a block communications device you get it all at once whereas radio and television are linear it comes out one word at a time and you have to write differently for the two mediums you have to write on a more personal level you have to write on a more emotional level particularly for radio um so if you can learn music Music theory, really. And it, and it's only going to take you six months. So it's not like it's a, a major, major, major lifetime investment. Mm-hmm. You know, just take the time, learn a little bit about music, and it will make your life so much easier. And then as you learn to write, and, and believe me, uh, take just take a couple of classes, get yourself started so that you can begin the process. The process will take years before you get really good at it. Um but you've got to start the process someplace. Eventually, as a producer, you need to know how to write. You need to be able to fix copy. You need to be able to, uh, to reach people emotionally with words. And, uh, I mean, this is before you even sit down to do any production. Mm-hmm. So those two things are an absolute must, I think.
0: This is going to lead me to something else I wanted to bring up with you. You wrote about this in, I believe it was Rap Mag. Rap Mag, by the way, another good source for producers, in my opinion. And uh, Dave writes an article, every single issue, uh, production 212, right? That work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You talked about rhythm, in, especially in promos. But you made a reference to if you were out at a, at a club or you're dancing in some way, shape, or form in the music kind of gets off beat something happens to the music you physically kind of stop and talk about the importance of rhythm in production especially you know long form production or at least promos
1: uh with promos particularly it's important mm-hmm. um the, you know when i talk about interrupting the music it's like somebody bumps into the t- turntable and you get it skips and you're all you you're expecting a downbeat and you're getting an upbeat you're you know it just All of a sudden, you have to stop, you have to listen to what the music's doing, and find the rhythm again. When you are producing a a commercial or a promo where the music does that, where you've got a downbeat coming in, where uh, an upbeat should be, or vice versa, the listener stops listening to the words and starts listening to the music trying to find the beat again. It's um, I mean, it's not a huge distraction, but it's enough of one. And the problem is, is almost always the unique selling proposition, whatever it is you're trying to promote, almost always comes right around one of those transitions. So if it's not a good rhythmic flowing transition, chances are real good. They're not going to get your message. Mm -hmm. It's going to be gone because they weren't thinking about what you were saying. They were thinking about the music. Where's the beat? What happened?
0: I know for myself, since you know I've you you um, showed me a few things years and years ago when I was just a little kid, and uh, I've now you know stuck with this and gotten here to Dallas. But I really have been focusing on that since I I read you you know your, your article on that, and it's something that like at least for me I didn't think too much of, and now I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> is that rhythm? Because I really do now. You know I'll make a promo, and, and and I feel like it's a good promo, but then I'll, I'll notice that I've i don't know whatever transition between two beds or, or a song in a bed or, or two elements of some sort and if they're off it drives me insane and then when i listen to other producers work i feel the same thing i just think that was really important th- it that it is it's,
1: it's incredibly important if the the key is drop out the voice track and listen to your music track after you've put it together after you've assembled it if you can dance to it then you're okay mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can't you're you're hopeless you're dead in the water before you even get out the gate
0: or at least tap your finger along to your production and if if you get off beat and try and fix it yeah um let me see here many many things pop culture though is another thing i know you've talked about as being extremely important in being a good producer you've got to immerse yourself in why is that so
1: important because you need to have a, a bridge of communications with your audience um that's the short answer the long mm-hmm. answer is uh, you've we've all known people like this people who hang out at the radio station they're at the radio station morning noon and night they are you know they want to be there when the big events happen they want to they're clearing the wire for you Of course, most people don't have wires anymore no but no. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> dating myself uh, but I mean they'll do anything just to hang out at the radio station and that is like the wrong place to be mm-hmm The biggest problem people who, especially jocks, but even producers, even to a larger extent, mistake you can make is to immerse yourself in the radio business. Because if you open the mic and you talk about radio, your audience is going to yawn, huge yawn. They don't care. Radio is not anywhere close to as exciting to them as it is to you. However... If you can open the mic and talk with absolute knowledge about the, the Paris Hiltons of the world, I mean, even politics, and it doesn't matter. It's just anything to do with what's going on right now. If you can get on and talk about who's winning the gold in, in, uh, in Beijing right now, then you are miles ahead of the game because that's what most people are watching on television. So I always tell people, look, you know, when you've finished your production, don't hang out at the radio station. Go home, go out to a bar, go out with your significant other to whatever other kinds of things, you know, go out to a play, go to a football game, a local high school football game, Mm -hmm. whatever your audience is doing, you should be doing every time. You need to read at least one book a week. You need to read at least one newspaper every day, faithfully, without fail. You need to watch at least two hours of television it, because if you don't, you don't have a prayer of being able to communicate with your audience. You have to be doing the same things that they're doing so that you have a common ground. So that when you talk about the 411, they know what you're talking about. Talk technically
0: for just a moment. And uh, we're almost wrapped up. I'm going to get you back again and because uh, uh, because you have Fox on the Run Productions um, I mean I'm, I would say on the side but I know you do as much work there as as you do with with clear Channel correct
1: well that used to be true but I've I've since kind of scaled that back it's Have you? now it's just voiceover work is what I'm mm-hmm. doing would, uh, the voiceover work is is like it's taken over my life
0: <laughs> which is why I wanted to actually I connected you on ISDN here no we're not sitting in the same room but I just wanted people to to, to appreciate the dave fox voice because i used him or i guess actually i i still use you imaging a station out in new jersey that's true um but anyway i just wanted people to hear you but we're going to talk about the other stuff especially if people are interested in getting into voice work at a later time but technically speaking you're um are you still doing a lot of work with with digi with with pro tools and whatnot Uh, no,
1: only because, uh, I don't have time for it anymore.
0: Okay. But Dave Fox here, my guest used to be, um, what, what were you with them? Were you a rep? Were you a teacher?
1: Were you? No, I was a a presenter. I would go to, uh, to shows and show them how I use pro tools in my work so that other people could see how easy it is, how simple it is. And, and, uh, frankly, how powerful it is. Uh, But I just – I just, I can't go to – I can't be going to Vegas every other week to do the (laughs) Comrex and then do the NAB and then do another – you know, it just gets nuts after a while.
0: You got to fly your plane too, right? That's right. Right. Um, Talk about just something technically though. um, You know, again, I assume we're going to have the more younger producers that are interested in hearing you talk. And it doesn't really matter if they have Pro Tools. In fact, would you agree or disagree that Pro Tools might actually be a bit of an overkill for what we do?
1: Uh, For some, Yes. Uh, audition is an absolutely fabulous program. You can do just about anything in Audition that you need to do for radio. So well, well, I'll just leave it as that, right, as far as Audition is concerned. But if you want to expand your horizons, mm-hmm. if you really want to grow, then you need to grow beyond Audition because Pro Tools wasn't designed for radio. It was right. designed for music, mm-hmm. and uh, you know once you start exploring some of those other avenues, the things that you can do with Pro Tools that you can't do with Audition may not seem all that impressive to the to the casual listener, but you can do them so much faster and so much easier on a Pro Tools system than you can with any other system. I don't care what it is, Sadie or Band doesn't matter.
0: What about audio quality? Is there is should I mean I think as producers we should all always be concerned about putting out the best quality audio. Period. Is there a major difference between what Pro Tools will output? And I'm just talking, you know, forget about plugins, but just simply if I record a dude talking into Pro Tools versus Audition, you know, is Pro Tools simply better?
1: No, they're 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 on the same par, unless. You're recording at 96 kilohertz instead of 44.1 or 48. Sure. Uh, Audition's only capable of 44.1 or 48, whereas Pro Tools can go up to 96.
0: But in the grand scheme, if we're talking to uh, radio
1: imagers here, we don't really need to be doing that, right? No, you never (laughs) need to do that. Not for the human voice. Right. You know, 96 is, is something you'd use for music, something, you know, for a Star Wars soundtrack or something. Um, give us, give, give
0: me a, give me a tip or a trick that eh, people might already know, but maybe they don't know in pro tools that you can actually, you know, say and not have to show that, that people should know. Uh, anything off the top of your head?
1: Yeah. When I do voice tracks for radio, I do voiceovers every day. Uh, for example, sitting in front of me, I have copy here for a radio station in Philadelphia. And, uh, what I do is I read it with a gate on my microphone. So that when I'm not talking, you don't hear anything. There's no room noise. There's no nothing else. Um, and I'll sit there and read it. You are invited to experience a superstar the way few ever will. Live, in person, face to face. Then I'll pause. And then I'll do the next line. Wired 96.5 welcomes Neo pause again, and I just keep doing that all the way through, and then when I put it back together, when I, I'll strip it, I'll use a thing called strip silence, it takes out all the silent parts, and then I'll say compact it with a 500 millisecond handle on each piece, and what that does is it compacts the whole file down to one smaller, much much smaller file, uh, with one second in between each cut, and then when the producer gets it, if they use strip silence and it's set to, say, 500 milliseconds, which is normal, that's how it comes, uh, then it strips it out. You're, you're all edited. All you got to do is say strip silence, done. Then you start moving your stuff around. You're ready to produce right off the bat. Can
0: you can you easily turn that gate off real quick? I just wanted people to hear what, the, you know, you guys have brand new studios in New York City. You're, you're sitting in your studio, right, in New York? <laughs> I am. I want people to hear what your room sounds like without your gate, if you can. All right. Here
1: comes without the gate. There it is. Yeah, it's a noticeable difference. Yeah, you can hear the air conditioning. You can hear my CPU. (laughs) I've got a big uh, G5 dual core sitting down here, not more than uh, three feet away from the microphone. So you can hear all of that. But once it turned the gate on, then it becomes quiet. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i love it i just i don't know when i was younger getting into this i envisioned these you know monster padded rooms that were dead silent and uh you know just just kind of a, a guy alone in a box with a microphone and no
1: i mean my I know, room is really well, loud i know guys who, who who do that and who spend a great deal of money having isolation booths um one of them is jeff berlin he had ton of money in, in an isolation booth but the advantage he has over me at this point in doing voiceover work is he doesn't have to worry about a gate, and there are subtle things that get cut out with the gate.
0: That you know, that's for top forty. Just, yeah.
1: For top forty, it doesn't matter. But if you're going to be doing a rock station, you know, I only have two rock clients right now. Uh, one's in Denver, KBPI, and their whole thing is KBPI rocks the Rockies. But some of that gets lost with the gate. And so Jeff can go, and he can do. He has a lot more rock clients than I do.
0: Right, uh, Jeff Berlin, someone I've made contact with, and I will hopefully have him on one of these podcasts in the near future. Well, let me let me let you go, Dave, because I know you're uh, you're busy. Everybody's busy. We want to get through this. I, I thank you so much for being the first guest, though, and I, I hopefully we're starting a resource here that young. It's going to keep people coming back, you know, and learning this thing we're doing and uh hopefully if guys like us just keep telling people all the secrets then they'll uh keep getting the jobs because that's the thing you you did that for me um i i what i did is i emailed you after i got my very first issue of rat mag this was in oh two late oh two and you said you know in novel form hey send me your stuff i'm going to tell you everything i know about this business and it was amazing for me you know to to have this guy at z100 new york actually spend that time and write me back and then um, you know you, you critique my stuff and uh, I owe uh, quite a bit about where I am now to uh, your help so we got to keep
1: doing that. Absolutely And my whole thing, my, my you know my mantra, if you will, is please don't send me money. pay it forward. Hmm. you know if I teach you something, I want you to teach five other people and I want them to teach each of them to teach another five people. You know, eventually, mm-hmm. I, what I want to do is I want to raise the tide because all boats come up in the tide, and if we do that, if everybody does that, it's going to raise the quality of the of the work that we crank out every day, day after day after day.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Let's. Uh, do you want to send anybody anywhere listening? Uh, you know, your, your website, Fox on the Run Productions, or um, any, anywhere well, specific.
1: Uh, Fox and the Run Productions has a couple of nice links for, you know, things that we've produced uh, in terms of commercials and uh, a couple of radio shows, uh, all of which I believe are defunct now. Uh, the RuPaul Show, for example. Not on the air anymore.
0: Uh, really?
1: Yeah. Surprising. Um, but uh, actually, I'm gonna, let me give you an address right now. If anybody ever wants to listen to any of my imaging, they can go to this address. It is where I post stuff for my program director to listen to. This is when cool. It, when I don't have time to, to sit there and wait in the outer office for them to listen to a promo to get approval, mm-hmm. I just post it, send an email, say it's there, and then they'll when they get around to it, when she gets around to it, she'll go and she'll listen and she, you know.
0: Can you just get something straight real quick? Yeah. The Dave Fox still has to get approval?
1: Mm, sort of. <laughs> Leave it at that. Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> 99% of the time, it's always, yeah, that's great, Dave, thanks. Yeah, I figure. But, uh, yeah, every once in a while, because sometimes we'll get our communications crossed, and yeah. I won't do it quite right. Here's the address, http colon slash slash F-O-X-X-R-U-N dot com slash client slash w h t z everything is in lowercase that's and cool you'll go there and what you'll see is in that immediate directory you'll see anything that's current something else that i put up in the last day or two
0: so this is i was going to ask that this is day or two stuff
1: yeah but okay. there is a previous uploads folder if you click Ooh. on that and burrow down you will go back as much as six months to a year
0: because I know even for me right now, I still like, like, in fact, I've been listening to a lot of production and imaging from a uh, guy, Ben uh, Needle. Is that how you say his last name? You may be familiar with him. He's over uh,
1: I don't know how to say his name. I've read it a million times on right. email, but I've never exactly. actually heard him say it.
0: I, I love his stuff. But just to, you know, people got, you, you got to hear good production sometimes just to get yourself going again. And, exactly. And, and, you know, everybody steals, but it doesn't mean you have to steal. It just means you got to hear the good stuff. And that that's a great resource. Thank you so much, Dave. My pleasure. All right, Dave Fox. Uh, Thanks again to Dave Fox. Uh, I just want to toss a quick outro on this thing to let you know that I do really appreciate you checking out the first episode. Uh, Of course, the beauty of podcasts is you might be hearing this six years from when I actually produced it, and everything's changed, Uh, but hopefully not. I'm going to... Uh, definitely request your feedback. I, I just want to hear what you thought of it. Uh, was it good? Why was it good? But probably if there's things that you'd like to hear changed, love to hear about that too. Again, it was my first interview. I'm not uh, 100% sure how I want to take this, You know, in what direction I want to take it, but uh, we'll figure that out as we move along. Guest requests. If you have uh, people you specifically want to hear from, maybe uh, you look up to a certain producer that you have never heard talk, I can maybe help with that. I have a list of people in my head that I either know well, know a little, or don't know and will not look forward to my phone call, but I'll make it anyway, and we'll get uh, a bunch of cool people on here, most of which, at least the ones in my head, do some voice work, some of which do major voice work. Um, So again, like I said, hopefully voice talent will find this pretty interesting as well. Again, Ryan on the is my site. Please contact me there. Uh, there, if I've figured out the technical aspects of this, there should be a nice, easy way to comment on this specific podcast. If not, then, um, you know, email and, The carrier pigeon and and whatnot will be just fine. So one more time. Thank you so much for checking it out. We'll get another one up in a couple weeks. The Producers. The Producers. Send your questions, feedback, guest requests, love, and of course, constructive criticism to show at ryanontheradio.com. Episodes available through iTunes, other podcast sites, and ryanontheradio.com. We thank our guests for their expertise and time. We thank you for listening.